Hello and welcome to Manga Splaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by me, Deba Aoki, David Brothers, Christopher Woodrow Butcher, and Chip Zdarsky. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com and at mangasplainingextra.com. Okay, as you can tell, it's my week, and this week is something very near and dear to my heart, and that is cat manga. Our first cat <laughs> manga, and of course, we're starting with Cheese Sweet Home by Konami Kanata. As some people say, well, it took you guys a long time to do sports manga, and it took you guys a long time to do shoujo manga. Well, I figured it was about time we got into the wonderful world of cat manga. <laughs> Partly inspired by the fact that both Chip and I have, how shall we say, roommates that often interrupt our recording sessions <laughs> or interject during our recording sessions. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's see if I can get started by doing what we usually do, which is give you a little backgrounder on this manga. So Chi is a mischievous newborn kitten who, while on a leisurely stroll with her family, finds herself lost. Separated from the warmth and protection of her mother, she feels distraught. Overcome with loneliness, she breaks into tears in a large urban park meadow when she is suddenly rescued by a young boy named Yohei and his mother. The kitty is then quickly and quietly whisked away into the warm and inviting Yamada family apartment, where pets are strictly not permitted. So anyway, that's basically the, the synopsis of volume one. I also encouraged the gang to read volume two as well, for reasons I'll explain a little bit later. But let's see. You know, I'm going to go against type. Let's ask the other cat owner in the room. Chip, what did you think of Cheese Sweet Ooh. Home? <laughs> It was adorable. It was obviously very light. Maybe a, a skewed a bit too young for my tastes. It's funny with with I find with like pet comics, there's like a, there's a line between like the Garfield and the Marmaduke. I like to call it. Like the Garfield is just like is is a is a vehicle for jokes. Like that's mm -hmm. all it is. He happens to be a cat. Whereas Marmaduke, the it, the joke only works if you picture him as a real dog, because he just does a thing that a real dog would would do, slightly unusually, and people are like Marmaduke, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> like that's that's the joke. You have to buy in that like you're reading about a real dog. And so this this is like somewhat in the middle. Like while I appreciate the fact that like all the kind of the stories of she. Had she kind of doing standard kitten cat things, which is adorable. It wasn't necessarily funny. Mm. Once in a while, there'd be like a chuckle and like you recommended volume two. I don't know if we should get into it just yet, but I found volume okay. two funnier with the introduction of the big gray cat, which is hilariously cartooned Add yeah. some, <laughs> some kind of needed dialogue to the, the cats. Because <laughs> the funny thing is, the way she speaks, like, when, when did this book come out originally? Well, according to our pals at Wikipedia, it was serialized from 2004 to 2015. So kind of recent, not so, but not totally recent. Cause it, Does it, that it, make sense? It's interesting because, like, obviously, Chi has a very specific voice. Which is kind of the mm. baby voice, like please no more, I'm going to play dead. <laughs> and I think maybe because of 
I don't know, the last 10 years of Twitter, when anyone like posts like their dog or their cat talking, they use that kind of baby ooh, voice. Yeah. And I hate it. And I hate it. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> you, th- you thought this is where we were going to finally diverge in our opinion? Yeah, I was going to shamefully admit that I hate the I can ask cheeseburger thing. Oh, like, yeah. Mm. I can ask cheeseburger Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, like maybe the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then just like, oh, just driven into the ground. So, so reading this and having Chi uh, speak in that voice, it took me a while to kind of get over my, my issues with that mm. and, and learn to, to love Chi. I will also point out the one thing that really took me out of the story was when Chi was wrecking, I forget if it was his pants or the couch. I think it was his pants, the dad's pants. And then the dad. The jeans, yeah. And then the dad admitted that the jeans cost more than the couch. And I was just like, you are a father. You are a husband and a father. It's time to get your priorities straight. Provide them with a nice couch and stop spending all your money on jeans. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That was was my big critique. (laughs) I will say that, you know, I think one thing that she takes into account is that cats age differently than humans. And so she kind of starts out very baby. And then I think the baby talk kind of goes away as the series goes on. Yeah, okay. I found that by the end of the second volume, there was only the occasional W replacement for an L that was <laughs> annoying. I found it, yeah, very annoying in the beginning as well. But I do think by the end of the second volume, it starts to disappear a little bit, yeah. which is good. I guess none of us can has cheeseburger, though. And that makes me sad. <laughs> We're just too old to have cheeseburger. <laughs> I was too old for it when it came out. Yeah. I can have a cheeseburger. But can you have this one? Fine. <laughs> That's fine. Man. Well, hmm. I'm gonna throw this at Chris next. What did you think of Cheese Sweet Home? It's it's a weird one. So we, we sort of hinted at this a couple episodes ago, but I think I don't remember if it was you or Bridget. I think it was Bridget that picked Cheese Sweet Home as their one of their big books that they really liked on the Best and Worst Manga panels at San Diego Comic-Con. I think it might have been in 2015. And I was just like, I think it's good, and I think it's good for its audience, but I also found it just the saddest book, Mm. especially that first volume. And it's because the the poor little kitten gets lost, and it's like, okay, whatever. Like That's pretty low stakes, except in this book, it's like the biggest stakes, and then you know finds a place to live. But the gradual forgetting of her mother's face mm-hmm. as the first volume mm-hmm. progresses where she's like having trouble remembering and the like remembrance starts to get a little shakier. And then she lies down next to Yohei, the boy. And she's like, wait a second, what does this remind me of? I can't, I can't remember what it reminds me of, but it's nice. And it's like, she's just completely forgotten her mother. She's a kitten. And it was just devastating when I read it the first time. I don't know what was going on with me. I don't know where yeah. my head or my emotions were at, but I read that and I was just like crushed, crushed. And I've never read the second volume, actually, until today. Well, today for the episode. I recognized it was really good. And we even invited Konami Kanata to TCAF as a featured guest 2011. Uh, Yeah, 2011. Or 2012, sorry. And she's great. She's a warm, funny, lovely lady. Was, like, unendingly polite and drawn pictures of chi for people. And, like, so kind. And, you know, I like the book a lot. And it was just, like, I think it's because the only cat I've ever had was a rescue. And we actually found it on the street. It was a little kitten that we found underneath a car. And Brian and I raised it. And then he took it because he had money. So he paid for all the shots. So he got to have the cat when we moved out. 
And uh, they didn't put that in Scott Pilgrim. It would have been too friggin' sad. And so, yeah, I, I like we found a kitten like that, and it leaving was really hard. And then when it finally passed away, it was really hard. Aww. And it's just the idea of like this kitten we found, like did have like warmth and a life, and was probably put outside by someone who didn't want to have their cats, you know, kittens, the litter of kittens. So maybe it just hit me that way. But I've al- I've I've always thought of that, and so it was nice coming back to it because I'm in a very different place. <laughs> 15 years later i i like it and i think it i think it's got a couple of weird problems there's some translation stuff i'm not sure i'm 100 percent on board with it was it's not how we translate books in 2022 maybe that we do like when it came out in 2009 2010 but overall what um, what what were the issues i don't yeah, like that they translated the big cat's name as blackie it kind of made my skin crawl uh, yeah, a little yeah. bit it's probably just kuro yeah. in japanese and I understand that it's a translation idea that you fully translate literally everything. Like that's yeah, a translation yeah. idea that a lot of translators really hold to. I respect that. I don't agree with it, but I absolutely respect it. So it's like, yeah, there's like a weird unintended consequence there that maybe should have been thought through a little bit differently. And there's a couple of other things like, mommy, I cheed, where the, the cat <laughs> comes from the little boy peeing or like from like the idea of peeing because the cat pees on everything. So they call it like... Japanese like that remained untranslated but it also remained unglossed and they didn't really explain it so there's just some stuff there that like I think Ed did a good job so Ed Chavez who is the actual editor of the book translated it himself and I think he did some good stuff there but I think he maybe should have like bounced it back off of someone and maybe he was his hands were tied there was an anime as well and whenever that happens you've got to kind of go with whatever the anime is doing and if you don't the fans get crazy but like it just there's some stuff here that like just was like not a hundred percent for me but by the same token i think it's just really good like i think yeah. it's there's a reason like so many people especially pet lovers uh, which i don't necessarily count myself as one but i'm glad that rescuing pets is an option i think that's really cool i think that there's so much there that like there is to just delight in it and it's also that doesn't really didn't really exist in manga at all when it when this came out like cute cat antics like we weren't getting those manga we got what's michael which was a very different kind of cat book Mm. and that's kind of it and these days there's more and more cat stuff being translated and the show notes will be rife with like just how big cat manga is in japan i don't think i can like i'll I'll explain it by saying there are multiple books released a month that are just one-shot cat stories done as phone books like just with like cat story there's a magazine called neko punch neko punch is just all cat stories (laughs) <laughs> Let alone the cat stories that appear in other magazines. Like every magazine has to have a cat story and they're all different in t- terms of tone and execution and style. And it's just wild. If you read the second volume of this book, it actually has a little text piece at the back that explains what that last chapter was. And it's like, oh, Konami Kanada-sensei introduced a character from her previous cat manga that also ran for like 18 <laughs> volumes and is currently running from Kodansha. And it's like... Yeah, and and that one ran in a women's magazine, and this one ran in a Saneman magazine, and that's kind of weird, eh? But whatever, people love cats, and that's like the whole text piece, and it's so great. <laughs> so not everyone loves cats, though, so I'm kind of curious if I could pass the baton. David, what did you think of this one? What did you think of Cheese Sweet Home? I am the only manga explaining host who has never had a cat for a pet, I think. Mm. But for some reason, oh. cats tend to love me. Mm. Like I think it's my, my cat-owning friends say it's because like I don't rush to cats, you know, or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think a lot of the like finer charms were probably lost in me a little bit. Like, oh, this reminds me of when I had kittens kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It was still pretty funny. And I read this back in the day. I probably read the first, I don't know, six or seven volumes. I remember it being like a, a juggernaut, basically. 
And the difference between something like this, which is all the way wholesome, and something like the... Ah, we just read a manga where Chip and I were both like, we need like a little bit of like edge with yeah, our wholesomeness yeah. to really dig in. This feels more like a newspaper comic where I don't need the edge. I think the edge is for like mm-hmm. more narrative books. Well, these yeah. can be just jokes. And even though a lot of the jokes are kind of way more saccharine than I would ever personally <laughs> like, you know, seek out, they're still well told, well, like very well drawn, I think. Some of the cat drawings are really cool. Yeah. And I think it says a lot about where I am in life, you know, sharing like Christopher earlier, the diagram of their apartment building being a bonus feature in volume one was one of the funniest parts of the book for me. And I can't oh, tell wow. you why. <laughs> yeah. It's such you a strange tell- thing to include in a book like this where no one cares about the apartment. Like I guarantee there's maybe like 10 readers out of however many hundreds of thousands who first read the first chapter who were like, oh. I wonder where their bathroom is in relation to their kitchen, you know, but here it is in the, <laughs> in the thing down to the uh, square footage. That's so funny. Cause it kind of reminds me of like, like doing like image books when it comes time to collect things into uh, the trade paperback. It's like, okay, like how many pages are left over? We just got to fill it with something. I'm just like, I don't know the <laughs> yeah. schematics for the apartment. Like... <laughs> this is totally like the cutaway of the Baxter building for the fantastic four. <laughs> But for normal people. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that's a toilet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 670 square feet. Uh, it seems like a very like tight 670, but you know, he's got a huge study. I think he's a designer. This is yet another manga kind of about like drawing things. But no, it's cute. I share the I can add cheeseburger allergy. Like I feel like <laughs> animals just talk like people. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. My Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is a small digression, but I think one of the funniest things that could ever possibly happen is someone wishes that all animals could talk, and their first question is, why did you have that horrible impression of me to all their owners? And then <laughs> 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 anyway, cheese sweet home, good manga. It's easy to see why it blew up, and it's yeah. wild that it's in color and left to right. This is maybe yeah. the first manga like this? Yeah. I, it, this that has both, one. yeah. 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 I mean, I think it relates to the translation choice of Blackie, right? Mm-hmm. Which is by releasing it in, you know, Western reading order and having it be full color, it is trying to reach a more general audience than the traditional mm-hmm. manga audience. So using a name like Blackie is, you know, localized, you know, it doesn't expect you to know Japanese and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that was a purposeful choice. I will say that, you know, like on some levels, like, you know, Blackie sounds offensive, but I will say that I come from a family where my mom and my siblings had very unoriginal cat names. We had several Blackies. We had several Rusties. We had a Whitey. Only well, that's only, too far. That's too far. A Whitey. The worst my of God. all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is that's the level of creativity my family has for cat names. And then yeah. they short-circuited when we had a gray cat. So my favorite cat from my childhood is named Off Ramp. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gray cat. So that, that was that one. Uh, and then, you know, anyway, so that's why Blackie didn't necessarily offend me. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a cat name. All right. <laughs> well, if I could go back in time 15 years, I'd find Ed and I'd be like, have you considered Smokey instead? And then <laughs> maybe would we wouldn't be have be having this conversation at all. Yeah. We did have a Smokey. That was, there you go. 
<laughs> it was a great cat, like like that cat. We had a smoky. What else we had? We had a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> we had a. I think we had a Siamese. We called Bratface. We had a lot of cats. Man, no kidding. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like we had a we had a, a big house and a big yard, and my parents are very soft hearted about animals. So mm. the running joke was that you know my dad would go to the fish market and get like tuna scraps and then bake it and put it out for the cats. So I said, and the mom goes, "Oh, how come there are so many cats in the yard?" It's like <laughs> it's because you have the Zagat five star rating in Paoa Valley for stray cats. Yeah. They, they just they all hang on and go like, hey, you should go to that house down there. They have really good food. And it's free. The word got out. <laughs> but anyway, I think one thing that comes up a lot with Cheese Sweet Home is that it was originally published in Morning, which is a men's magazine, a seinen manga magazine. And so it's always short circuits people's brains, right? Because it seems like such a kid's story. But in a way, it's kind of, when I read it compared to her other cat manga, there are, as Chris says, some dark themes, darker mm. themes that run through it. Like she has a couple other, she has Fuku Fuku Kitten Tales, which is the, and Fuku, like the Fuku Fuku, which is that calico cat. And she has a mm. no, series called Su and Tai Chan, which is about a little black kitten and a curmudgeonly older cat. Mm. And when you compare with Chi Sweet Home, there is this whole thing where, like, like Chris was saying, where she forgets her mother slowly. And, she, and has a couple near misses seeing her mom because the mom lives in the same neighborhood. And what else is there? There's also, there's also this thing where Chi doesn't realize she's a cat. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's kind of like, I'm not a cat. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Yohei and, and mom and dad, you know? They're, they're my tribe. And then Blackie's like, no, you're a cat. She's like, no, I'm a Chi. <laughs> So it's kind of interesting because like then there's, you know, she's separation from her mom kind of didn't give her this opportunity to kind of reinforce, no, you're a cat. And here's what being a cat means. So there's moments where she's kind of like, why aren't you paying attention to me? And why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? It's very, she's trying to understand her world mm -hmm. from a cat point of view. And maybe I'm kind of over reading into this because I just spent two years with my cat, like, like a lot of time with my cat. <laughs> mm -hmm. Happy pandemic. To the point where like, I know his routine. I know the different meows. This is the, I want my snack. This is, I want my second snack. This is when I want to go out. This is when I want to come. <laughs> this is the, I'm going to walk over your chest and stump on your boob. You know, <laughs> you just like, you just get to know cats. <laughs> as I did. <laughs> so... A lot of the a lot of the humor here, you know, of the kitten thing with the, when the pupils dilate and like, you know, certain, you know, like the box and the plastic bag is more interesting than the $30 cat toy. So relatable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I can see why this would be for like grown men too. Oh, yeah. Instead of children mm. or just adults in general. Just there's something about the approach where it's like very life affirming in a way that kids stuff isn't. Like, his stuff is way more direct. And this is like, oh, like, she gets lost and she needs to find acceptance and, like, discover who she is and yada, yada, yada. In between, like, you know, all of the, like, slapstick jokes and rectal thermometers and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> like, the point of view feels very adult without being, I don't know, like, mature without being rated R, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, makes sense. It's like watching Home Alone as an adult or like a child. Like it's two different movies completely. Oh, yeah. that's true, isn't it? Yeah. I think there's stuff for kids in it though. You know what I mean? Like I think that yeah, kid sure. is going to read it and get that the rectal thermometer or the peeing on things is like, there's like real base level jokes that anyone can kind of appreciate. But like, I don't know what a kid would make of the chapter, which is maybe my favorite chapter where she like sort of needs like, uh, like KN needs, needs the dude's chest and then like falls asleep in a ball mm. on his chest, which my cat used to do to me. Yeah. And it was just like, that idea of that like perfect moment and like finding something and then like hearing the heartbeat and going, Oh, this is nice. What is this? Like what's going on? And remembers like her, his mom's heartbeat. Like that was such a good piece of like comics, but that is not an episode of teen Titans go, uh, which I watched a lot of uh, last week while I was in a hotel and is like very direct in a great way. Like I still love it. Like it's still, it still yeah. slaps and the new episodes are so great by the way. But yeah, I totally, I totally feel what you're saying there about that. And it's just like, the things I responded to were the like emotional longing and the like finding acceptance and like the larger, you know, uncaring world and the like finding a friend who's going to show you the ropes, but not, not too close. You know what I mean? I think, I think there's a lot there. Yeah. I agree for grownups to enjoy, but kids still just love this series because there are so many gags that make their way through and the cat's just so friggin' cute like yeah. oh my god it's so cute <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like you know she kneading and then falling asleep on this chest like a kid's just gonna see that as being cute like yeah. it's just it's just adorable like anything that feels like maybe there's a deeper level there it's almost always adorable as well yeah there's definitely a lot of things in here like that explains cat behavior like how cats like being pet because that reminds of them of being licked by their mom. Mm. And like, like my cat loves to like bury his head in my uh, elbow or in my side. Cause it just likes the warmth and then like hides his face. Like just likes being near me and likes, you know, nuzzling up. And it's like, you know, that that's them remembering what it was like to be, you know, with their siblings and with their mom. So, or like uh, when she gets grabbed by the gruff of her neck by blackie that's how mm-hmm. mama cats carry cats so like sometimes uh, i've been told that if you want to calm down a cat you grab them like that and they'll go limp mm. is that i feel like that's a trick like surely the cat of. would just <laughs> scratch you while you're going for the grab i don't know oh no my my other cat did I, the cat <laughs> i had before timmy was a psychotic cat <laughs> like it, it was a it was a tasmanian devil like yeah. if I tried any of the calm you down tricks, it did not work. Yeah. It also read all the books. <laughs> <laughs> you know that scene on volume two, page seven, where she bites a cabbage and they go, Bleh. it looked like a very what's Michael expression. Mm. Yeah, I could totally see that. So what's, what is what's Michael? Oh, that's the book that you are going to love when we, have, if it ever comes back into print, you were going to die laughing it's reading It's in book. print, but not digital, I believe. Is it really? Did Dark Horse oh. do... Did they actually yeah, they do that on the bus? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Chip. Yeah. Wait, wait. Let's let's do the litmus test. David, do you love What's Michael? Yeah, it's pretty good. Chip, you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. His, David, David, yeah, it's pretty good. It's not, like, convincing. I'm a, a little underselling it's- it. Essentially, imagine a Garfield-type cat, whatever orange cats are called, and that's Michael. And he just gets into different hijinks over the course of each chapter. And one that's really popular is 
like you see a beautiful woman sleeping in bed and like there's an open window that like moon outside and Dracula creeps in and he goes to bite her on the neck and he pulls the sheet back and Michael is sitting there and they look at each other and lock eyes and like hold it. <laughs> and I think Dracula like creeps out of the window like, oh, sorry, man. Kind of a deal. It's just all gags like that. Like they recreate the thriller video. <laughs> With the cats. Yeah. Cats all dancing in, in a line. Oh my like God. It's, it's a That's mess. Amazing. It's super funny. It's like this, but Adult Swim, like, aged rather yeah. than kind of like that kids it's and adults. It's totally funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That sounds great. But it, it was around really at the, not the dawn of manga, but back when manga mostly came in floppy issues, like like American comics, it was one of those. Okay. It came in yeah, Super yeah. Manga Blast from Dark Horse with Oh My oh. Goddess and a bunch of other stuff that I didn't read. Yeah. Mm. Huh. It's a, it's a great a cat manga. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did this you ever, did you ever like read the... To be the follow-up Club Nine. That might have been more up your alley. It's called Club Nine. It was by Kobayashi, the same guy. So it's about a girl from the country who's from like the sticks who comes to Tokyo and ends up working in a hostess club. And it's like a sort of a Pygmalion thing, but the jokes are like super on point and his expressions, like his gag expressions, are like mm-hmm. that kind of like kind of like city, except realistic in a way that is very disconcerting. Like when the eyes pop out, there's like sockets and st- it's like just it's pretty great. Anyway, it's totally out so of print. They only did three volumes out of like a million. But if you're ever looking for something to track down in a in a twenty five cent bin, Club Nine, you will love that first volume. I think it's really fun. He draws a lot of very elastic, expressive faces. It's fun. It's also very naughty. <laughs> it's oh, pretty forget naughty. it then. Forget it. She works in a hostess club. Like it's it's pretty naughty. Mm-mm. <laughs> I have a question for the cat owners. How is is this like the platonic ideal of a pet cat? Like she does all the sweet things and none of the horrible things cats do? Or does she feel pretty realistic? I mean, she pees everywhere. I just assumed that was cat people were into that. (laughs) 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 You and your sick and twisted kind. Wow! Wow! I mean, it's it, there's there's a there's a cuteness to seeing the bad behavior in a in comic form. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't it doesn't give me like um, flashbacks or like like oh god just like what happened to me. It's more adorable here. Like you know, wrecking furniture, peeing on stuff, sealing yeah. your food. Like those are things that happen. But she is somehow more adorable. I mean, I I never got the two cats I've had in over the last, I guess, twenty years. I got as adolescents. You know, they mm-hmm. were maybe eight months old, and Timmy I got when he was three. So I never got the joy of the kitten thing. Mm. You know, the kitten Wait, thing how is long really are cats kittens for less than a year, like six months maybe. Oh, okay. Six yeah. months is when they're cute. And then after the six month, they have like that awkward teenage phase. <laughs> and then after that, they are, they are cynical little shit. Seriously. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> when you see like when, when Blackie goes like, don't trust humans too much. And then later mm-hmm. on, it's like, I got to go, going to eat. And the, like, she's like, what? You know, like you were all making, like you were so independent. Mr. Street Kenny goes, dude, I scratch their back. They scratch mine. Like 
Literally. Like he's yeah. totally cynical about it. You know, like he, he knows yeah. how to play the game. Whereas she is still kind of like thinks of herself as being, I'm a member of the family. Everything they have is mine and everywhere I want to go, I can go. Like she just feels entitled, like a right? a new employee and an old employee. Like yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> well, it's funny. I was, I was actually saying this morning to Jessica that our cat, Mister Sweet Pea, when we got him, oh. he was from a, he was from a hoarding situation, and he's a young cat, probably like a year at that point, and he was just so quiet. Like it was just like never made a peep or whatever. When you got up, whatever time you got up was fine. When you know you feed him, that's fine. And now it's like five thirty in the morning. He's just like. Rah, 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 like attacking, just like ah, losing his mind, and it's just like, oh wow, you just like you just figured out routine and that you need to yell to get the things you want. Yeah, yeah, that's the progression from <laughs> yeah the new employee to the older employee. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. Yeah, that happened with Timmy too. When Timmy came first adopted, he was like, oh, am I? It's a new place. Oh, oh, oh my, oh my, oh my. Food, okay, I will eat food. (laughs) Litter box here, okay, I will do that. And then as soon as I started letting him out, he turned it to something else altogether. And now he's like, let me up. Let me in, let me in, let me in. Time for a snack. Give me another snack. And then he's like demanding now. (laughs) I know, I mean, when I first got Mr. Sweepy, he was all like, Oh, yo, can I please have a little bit of food, please, please? And now he's not like that at all. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Go have a cheeseburger. <laughs> so I think, you know, like, we, like compared to dogs, right? Like, we're, I think, what was that? My friend has a, on her refrigerator. It's like dogs have masters and cats have servants. Mm-hmm. Mm. It does feel like that. Oh, yeah, sorry, That's I'm bringing a, a Mr. Sweet Pea is now on camera. Doesn't doesn't quite some doesn't quite work for a podcast, but yeah. No, yeah. it's good. It's good stuff. Because it's almost what dinner time. <laughs> would you recommend this manga to other people, and who would you recommend it to? Yeah, unreservedly, I would recommend it. I think, I think it's even if you don't like it, it's so inoffensive, <laughs> like as like as comics that you can just be like, oh, it wasn't for me. I don't think many people are going to be like, and the way that the cat pissed on everything, I just couldn't respect them as a character anymore, and I have to stop reading. <laughs> like, it's a cat. And a I, huge sorry, deal I, breaker. Yeah, yeah, huge deal breaker for me. Not into, no, can't, not going to go there. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's fine, other than the translation choices that I mentioned, like, I just, and then they went and published Fuku Fuku Kitten Tales without changing the title too. And it's basically, the front of the book is written F-U-K-U, F-U-K-U Kitten Tales. And it's like, kids do not pronounce it fuku fuku because they don't know what it is and they they're like what they're like their eyes get big and they're like what how am i supposed to say this you could have just called it kitten tails that would have been acceptable you could have done a little thing in the beginning that fuku you know but nope so yeah it's just whatever people be making translation decisions and that is fine and whatever but in my opinion they cannot have cheeseburger Wow. I, just rolled that out and you guys were like, wait, what? <laughs> it was so good. It was so smooth. I'm ruining it by calling attention to it, but it was pretty pretty good. No, it's yeah. it's cheese sweet home. Like I mean it's just a classic now. It's like Yotsuba. I'm glad we liked it because or at least we're we're more uh 
moderate in our in our appreciation because we don't have to deal with another Yotsuba fan outrage situation. I will say, actually, I like the facial expressions a lot. I was screen capping facial expressions just thinking, oh, I'm going to have so many like cute cheese sweet home kitten faces to put up on Instagram. People are going to we're going to have a real good week on the Instagram when this one episode comes out because it's just <laughs> achieving like, look how cute I am over and over and over again. It's, <laughs> it's all about cute. the gram for Chris. It's all about the gram. Yeah. It's all about the gram. That's the opposite of the kind of faces I was screenshotting. Like Ooh, the, which were you, were you screenshotting? The dumb dog on page 118 of volume two. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah, she is yeah. like hiding yeah. out. <laughs> and you yep. see it walk past. It's like such a two stupid dogs drawing. Like it's <laughs> so good. <laughs> mm, that dog reminded me of the dog from a scene in Kiki's delivery service where like the dog notices that Gigi is in the house and is a real cat and not a thing. And like gets on the cat's team to make sure that the cat is not found out that that whole sequence reminded me of that except then the dog turns on chi and i was like i felt like that was maybe an actual illusion right because it's like oh dogs and cats got along get along in the world of ghibli but they do not get along in the world of konami kanata they are mortal enemies yeah i like like when chi has nightmares and the dogs pop out of the mouth pop out of the mouth great joke like yeah yeah it's kind of crazy <laughs> that was some good inventive cartooning yeah yeah I think it's really hard to do this kind of simple cartooning. Like you can mm. overdraw stuff, but there's a real economy of line. She just, mm, I don't know, she, like, because she just has so much personality, like what she can express by, you know, changing the size of the pupils and the ears go back and stuff like that. Mm. I agree with that. Actually, I find that overdrawing is like absolutely my crutch when I'm drawing. It's like you can fix it by just adding more lines. So that is actually pretty good that the cartooning here is so remarkably consistent but this is also like her second or third big cat book so she sort of refined things i think as a creator and that's pretty cool god i hope she likes cats right imagine being stuck in a hell <laughs> oh you know the, uh, the other cat manga <laughs> i wanted to i was debating about whether to introduce this manga or junji ito cat manga first <laughs> oh yeah yeah because mm. that is that's another classic <laughs> and i think that's another type of cat manga from what's michael in this too like there's like yeah. little pocket genres of cat manga i guess cat manga is a pocket genre i mean there's like with, with the walking cat there's a manga about the, the cat being and and the zombie apocalypse <laughs> mm. and then there's a, the man and his cat where it's like an older man who's a widower adopts a very ugly a fugly cat <laughs> and then as the series goes on there are more handsome men and more fugly cats it is also very dope <laughs> it's a really actually chip would love that one <laughs> my favorite cat manga is actually i read it in french uh, so that i could do this it's called le chateau Se Se v, uh, v and it's cat with seven lives and it's basically about stray cats in a neighborhood where the food source dries up the old man who was feeding them passes away and then food starts to get scarce so they start fighting amongst themselves until this one cat sort of finds this really nice lady who knows not to feed the cats but they sort of get along and it causes whatever but like the lady's dealing with grief and the cat's dealing and you're seeing it through the cat's eyes it's remarkably good it's by Jin Shirakawa it's never been translated into English but I hope that with the waves of cat manga we're getting right now someone will translate it because it's I read the whole thing in French and it's really good and really powerful and like kind of melancholy and the cat drawings are just remarkably good like really really beautiful drawings of cats here i'll share my screen and i'll put it up in the show notes as well but like 
Oh, that really looks great. Pretty. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty. Drawing of the cat. And all the cat drawings in it are really, really good. So, so yeah. Oh, I know. I know one that David would like. Yankees. Uh, oh, right. The delinquent cat manga. Did you read that one? Did you read I it? I did. I read the first volume of that one, I think. I think that we might have picked that up in one of our trips to Japan, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's yeah, about yeah. a bunch of stray cats. And then, like, sometimes they are depicted as delinquents like human delinquents and sometimes they're depicted as cats but ultimately they're cats because even with they're depicted as you know like you know delinquents with you know scars and tattoos and spiky hair as soon as like something happens they're like they revert back to cats like <gasps> you know, like oh car boom jump uh, it's a great like, idea oh, fish yay you know and it's it's pretty goofy <laughs> it kind of sounds like oh yeah that's maybe more of a david speed cat <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> delinquency, city, city violence, <laughs> violence. You know, some yeah. some sexy girls, <laughs> and it's stupid. <laughs> oh, there's so That's so much cat manga. I enjoyed it though. I I like and the, the the translation for it is pretty cute too. Anyway, this is the first cast manga. It might not be our last. So. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, let's go around the table and let's get some final oh. thoughts. How about you, David? Yes, I am the resident not cat person who cats love. By the way, I <laughs> it's super weird. I'm but not it, into them; they're into me. Whatever. Yeah, it's not me. It's them. <laughs> but it kind of gave me like a weird real life affection for cats that I didn't have before. I started hanging out with hmm. cats, and I think this book does a good job of capturing a lot of that cuteness. The I don't know, like the playful scenes where she is like playing with something and eventually destroys it, or is like trying to get attention. Felt super cat-like to me uh, yeah. as a cat dilettante, let's say. <laughs> but this is also, like, as a manga fan, this is from an era that was really fascinating. It was when Chi Sweet Home was blowing up and kind of Vertical was sort of becoming like the equivalent of Vertigo for manga. Mm, where it was like very curated, like there was like a kind of an editorial voice to the to the publishing line. And they did a lot of interesting stuff, like Twin Speaker in the back of Chi Sweet Home here, the ad for it. So this is a weirdly nostalgic book for me, too. Kind mm. of while I was figuring out what manga was going to be for me and what I wanted it to be. Like, this was there helped me, you know, figure out that what I, my answer is not this, but this isn't half bad. How about you, Chip? I, I liked it. It's super cute. I feel like it's the kind of manga that I would give the kids in my life to get them hooked if they're not into kind of the more action adventure stuff. Yeah, yeah, just adorable. And Chris? Same. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I, I covered it, but yeah, I think it's good. I think there's a little bit more going on, but at the same time, I think any kid could happily read this. And I think any person who really loves cats that wants to have more cat media in their life should check out Chewy Sweet I can't imagine they haven't already, but just in case, <laughs> Chewy Sweet Home. It's available pretty much everywhere in every format. Oh, I do want to say, I had one last final thought-ish thing. Building mm. on what Christopher was saying, actually, the fact that it's in full color and left to right, I think, makes it really accessible. And mm. I don't think manga's inaccessible, but I'm kind of like, I'm in the back. I can't fairly judge. But like, they yeah, put so much work into making this like airport bookstore ready, for instance, that I think it really speaks to the quality of the work. They had that kind of faith behind it. Because like other yeah, and it succeeded. Like, couldn't support that. I wasn't going to mention it, but one of the nicest things I ever saw at TCAF was the year that Konami Kanata came and Ed Chavez was there. And he gave this really beautiful speech about how the success of Cheese Sweet Home, the commercial success of Cheese Sweet Home in English, 
he said the words saved the company. And this is before they were acquired mm-hmm. by Kodansha. He was very emotional at the time. And it's, yeah, Cheese Sweet Home caught on and in such a way that like it made it possible for them to financially do the like weirdo stuff that we've talked about so much on this podcast. Things like things like Twin Speaker or all the like we could just go on and on. But I think David in particular has has been pretty clear like Vertical was his jam at the beginning of him sort of learning about manga. And it was for for me too. Like I have I had more vertical books on my shelf than almost anything for a long time. So yeah, I'm glad She Sweet Home more than anything enabled that. And I'm glad that Ed got to tell like you never get to tell a mangaka how much their work means to them, except in very rare situations. And he got to do that for Konami Kanata. And that was amazing to watch, but also amazing that it happened. So that was really nice. It's really funny. We covered seven billion needles and then Almost 70 episodes later, we finally got to Cheese Sweet Home. (laughs) (laughs) Both came out at like the same time, yeah. Yeah. Well, Cheese Sweet Home is kind of my go-to recommendation for anyone who says, I need a manga for someone who's eight and younger, right? There's not Mm. a lot of manga that that works well for that age group. You know, because either there's weird nudity like Dragon Ball, or there's some, I don't know, some stuff that just feels like not quite right for um, kids in North America. Cheese Sweet Home, on the other hand, is kind of ironic because it was originally created for adult readers, but it's very it's a very much an all-ages manga. I've kind of reflected a lot about like how, what makes it a seinen manga and not a kid's manga, and that I've read some of her other series, like Cheese Sweet Adventure and you know, Fuku Fuku and things like that, and there is a little bit of an edge in here. There's a little bit mm. of a narrative there's a cliffhanger, like what's going to happen when she is reunited with her mom and siblings? Is she going to be you know, separated from this family? I mean, in the beginning, there's this whole tension of like, oh, what's going to happen if, if the family gets you know, discovered to have a cat? Are they going to get evicted? I mean, these are very low stakes drama, but that type of drama is nearly absent in all her other cat stories. Hmm. So... In that respect, I, I think this is my favorite out of her work because there's that little narrative thread that runs through all 12 volumes that when you get to the last volume, it's like, oh, that's really satisfying, you know, how she ends it. It's kind of nice. The other thing about Key Sweet Home that I really appreciate is that I've heard anecdotally that it was so successful in France that it inspired an uptick in cat adoption. Huh. <laughs> kind of like how Slam Dunk made Japanese teenagers play basketball <laughs> yeah that's pretty amazing so there's things about cheese sweet home where it's like there are some things that are very true to what it's like to own a cat right like setting up your first litter box and making sure your cat wheeze in it right and like how do you deal with your cat's behavior issues some things i think are very true to understanding cat ownership but not being preachy about it which i really appreciate and, you know, I, I obviously I have a soft spot for cats, so this was a slam dunk even without all that for me. <laughs> that was Cheese Sweet Home. We are going to be right back with something else. Probably another manga. Be right back. Mm-hmm. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back. Let's see if Chip actually enjoyed some other media this week. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> David, how about you? So mine is this manga called Tesla Note. It's the story's fine, but the sense of humor is good and the action storytelling is really strong. And mm. I think I realized I was really into it in a scene where this is super minor. The main character like braces herself with one arm to swing a person around. And it's such a good drawing and such a good like indication of motion and like weight that I was like, oh, this person really knows what they're doing. So, of course, it's like written by two people and drawn by a third person. The artist is Koto Sanomiya and the writers mm. are Masafumi Nishida and Tadayoshi Kuo. And it's published by Kodansha, translated by Kevin Gifford, lettered by Arbash Mughal and edited by Jordan Reynolds. It's worth checking out. There's five volumes out now. Oh, cool. and it's like a x-files like supernatural stuff keeps happening and different teams of people keep coming to investigate and take control kind of a deal very straightforward super easy to read that sounds neat how about you chris the sequel album to my favorite album of five years ago just came out which is deeply a weird sentence but this is the world we live in funk wave bounces volume two by calvin harris funk wave bounces volume one was such a summertime driving bop when it came out in summer 2017 has just so many good singles and is just like end to end with like the exception of one song just like such a like beautiful cruising like sunshine through your windows windows down kind of a thing the second one just came out so it's like actually like it just came out so i'm gonna listen to it right after this podcast while i work on show notes which is fun so yeah i'm very excited about a a, a new album that i like music it's pretty great why not? <laughs> nice. And you, Deb? Hmm. Let's see. Well, I read a bunch of manga this week, and some of them. <gasps> oh, it's okay, but like, is it worth shouting out? I'm not exactly yeah. sure. I, I guess I'll go say Chihaya Furu. The last chapter of it came out, I think, in Japan this past month. It's a pretty long series about a girl who likes playing this this Japanese card game competitively, and it went on for quite some time. I was Team Arata. And I don't know if I've mm. been resisting the urge to find out if she ends up with that guy after 44 volumes. If she doesn't, I'm going <laughs> to throw things. But we'll see. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> that's what, I mean, that's the problem with long-running shoujo, jose manga romances, right? You, particularly with a love triangle, you're kind of going, I'm team so-and-so. And hook up. And then they, if they don't, you're like, ay, ay, ay. Where did this all go wrong? And then you start hating the series. Like, no, what was all that for? (laughs) 
I have to stop that. That's really immature. Anyway, it's a great, it's a great series and it's available on digital from Kodansha. Nice. All right. I think that'll do it for this week's Manga Splaining. We're heading around the corner to the end of season three. Can you believe that? Mm. We've done three seasons of this and we still have stuff to put in front of Chip. We'll see how, <laughs> how much longer it'll take this. <laughs> Unfortunately, they keep making manga, so. Yeah. Comments are just like, I can't believe it took you this long to cover Witch Hat Atelier. And it was a very nice comment, but it was just like, don't worry. There's there's so many more manga that people cannot believe we have yet to cover. We're good. Currently, I'm all about what's Michael and Dracula trying to get into that bed. <laughs> that sounds like that's my jam. We are yeah. going to have to do what's Michael. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Or we could do the four first chapters of four cat manga. Oh, mm. wow. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of ways we can play with this. Sorry, manga. is there a dog manga? Does it do dog manga? Yeah, there yeah. is actually. Okay. There's a really funny right. one coming out about this really excitable Shiba Inu who, who lives with a all glass right. blower. He's an excitable right. dog. <laughs> okay. What's the dog manga? David, you were like right there. You were like, there's one. I know Ginja. No, like, there's a few. Uh, Weed. Weed. Came out Gen- like a million years ago, but comics That's on Manga Planet. I feel like there's actually. like silent dog manga. I feel. Oh, I you know what it's there really is? really obvious. Stargazing Dog from NBM, oh. the world's saddest manga of all time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you read right. that? It's the Grave of the Fireflies of dog manga. It is. Yeah, no, thank you. brutal. No. Like, sorry, oh. sorry, I swear. It was the first time this episode. It is like really, really good, but just don't. Maybe, maybe let's not. Let me pretend I didn't say that. All right. <laughs> Done. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> this was a really interesting set of books that we covered. We covered cats and manga. So basically, this was my episode up the yin yang. But thanks for putting up with this. And we'll be back with more manga that maybe David will like a lot more. Stay tuned. <laughs> This has been Manga Explaining Episode 76, Cheese Sweet Home by Konami Kanata. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing Mob Psycho 100 by One from Dark Horse Comics. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com. And check out our newsletter and publishing endeavor at mangasplainingextra.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment for this episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.